A hearty welcome to all you listeners to another rip-roaring episode of Talk Commerce. As you might be aware, our dear Brent was slated to join us as our guest host today. However, in a turn of events that surprises absolutely no one, he's had to give it a miss. Yes, indeed, ladies and gentlemen, Brent Peterson, our very own globetrotter and marathon enthusiast, is once again, you've guessed it, on the move and off for a run. I dare say, if Brent were to run a mile for every air mile he's chalked up, he'd have managed a brisk jog around the globe twice over by now. It's almost as if he's embarked on a quest to discover the lost city of Atlantis, or perhaps he's on a top-secret mission to locate the last remaining yeti. One can never quite tell with Brent, but fear not, my good people, we have a corker of a show lined up for you today. We're joined by none other than Brenton Thomas, the supremely gifted CEO and co-founder of Twibby, a digital marketing agency that's causing quite the stir in the industry. Give Brenton a warm welcome to the show, and my deepest apologies to our listeners that you're stuck with me instead of our elusive marathon-running explorer. But first, a word from our sponsors. Great news for the Magenta community. Hufa is now fully supported by Amnesty, the number one Magento extension provider. With a catalog of over 250 Magento products and solutions and a full range of custom development services, Amnesty actively invests in providing compatibility with the Hufa theme. 33 solution compatibilities have already been released and are available as part of the regular product subscription with no extra charge. And many more new compatibilities are coming. In partnership with Hufa, Amnesty is focused on providing its clients with high quality extensions, great performance, and a high level of service. Visit Amnesty.com for more details. That's A-M-A-S-T-Y.com. And remember to tell them Talk Commerce sent you. Have you heard of the Hufa theme for Magento? It is a powerful yet intuitive theme that has been designed to help Magento store owners create the perfect online store. With the Hufa theme, you can create a store that is unique and engaging while taking advantage of the latest technology that will make your site blazing fast. The theme is built with a modern, responsive design that is optimized for maximum performance and usability. You can easily achieve Google Lighthouse scores of 10. It is also fully customizable, allowing you to adjust its look and feel to fit your brand. Overall, the Hufa theme is the best choice for any Magento site. It is easy to set up and customize, and it provides powerful features to help you create a successful online store. Plus, it is designed to work seamlessly with your existing Magento store so you can take advantage of its powerful features and tools. With the Hufa theme, you can create a beautiful, engaging, and successful Magento site. Go to hyva.io to learn more. That's hyva.io and tell them that Talk Commerce sent you. My name is Brent Peterson and I'm your host. Please remember to subscribe wherever you download your podcasts. And now... Talk Commerce. Welcome to Talk Commerce. Today I have Brenton Thomas. Brenton is the uh, CEO and co-founder of Twibby. Brenton, Brenton, go ahead and uh, introduce yourself. Do a much better job than I did. And I, I might have just said Brenton. Brendan. Brenton. That's right. Yeah. 
anyways, I get everybody's name wrong, and I yours your yours name shouldn't be a name that I get wrong because it's very close to my name. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Brent is actually my nickname, so yeah, very similar names. <laughs> All right, just the O N at the at the end of it. But yeah, I'm Brenton, and I'm the founder of Twibby Digital Marketing Agency. And so we we help clients get the most out of their campaigns, in particular within Google Ads, Facebook Ads, LinkedIn Ads, etc. We're highly focused on revenue and return on ad spend. I, I think impressions, clicks, uh, etc., are, are nice, but usually at the end of the day, most of our clients care about revenue. So that, that's what we always optimize for, and, and that's our main goal for our clients. Awesome. And uh, have any passions that you do outside of work? I used to play pickup basketball, and then uh, doing a layup maybe two and a half years ago, and that was <laughs> messed up my knee, and I don't play anymore. Oh, bummer. All right. All right. So I know that you've agreed to participate in the free joke project, so before we get into some content, I'm just going to tell you a joke, and all you have to do is tell me if that joke should be free or if we can charge for it. All right, here we go. What do you call a zombie who writes music? A deke composer. Hmm. Clever, clever. I, I think you could. I think you could charge, but not too much. All right, I appreciate that. Good. All right, so we're going to talk about ads. Um, let's start out with the uh, the main places that people would want to put some of their money. Uh, there's Google. There's Facebook, TikTok. Now, what is the, what's on the top of your list nowadays? Yeah, so I'd say definitely uh, Facebook and Google. Yeah, I'm sure that's that's no surprise, Google ads and Facebook ads. I, I have done some testing inside of TikTok. It, it's a lot cheaper. Your budget will go a lot further, but the automation isn't as smart. You tend not to get quite the result you're looking for. But yeah, I would, I would definitely say Facebook and Google. And then maybe uh, LinkedIn's like a, a third place channel. And for bang, bang for buck, it, in D2C or, or B2B or B2C, I'm sorry, is there a place where people should focus on if, if they have a limited budget, or do you recommend sometimes spreading it out? Yeah, so I, I would say uh, for B2C, definitely Facebook ads. Um, that, that tends to be like my go-to channel for that. If your budget is under maybe $1,500 per month, you, you just won't quite get out of learning phase. Your campaigns will just be stuck and just really inefficient. So it's almost not even worth. I've heard uh, of people being successful on Google with 500 bucks a month if they have a mail order brand or something like that is is there a minimum i hear what you're saying like you can't get like there's a minimum spend that you should do to try to get a return and there's probably a maximum spend that doesn't make sense after that is there a sweet spot or does it depend on what you're selling as well yeah it depends on what you're selling especially like a high ticket ticket item high price item it usually takes more budget to get just one purchase and so you might spend that whole $500 and you didn't get a single purchase and your return is $0. Maybe if you have a lower price item, maybe it's 5 to $10, then you, maybe you could spend $500 and, and get a decent return. But you probably, um, most likely you won't get out of learning. So you, you could get a decent return, but it just won't operate at its max. I, I know that Google is changing how their ad platform works and they're moving more towards an AI version of it is when you say learning are you referring i can't remember it's called performance or something like that the google ads that you put it on autopilot let it do its thing and start spending the money for you yeah yeah google's definitely getting towards like automation they're definitely like taking the like the experience away from the 
I guess, the digital marketer, and they're, they're trying to put it into the machine side of it, which for me at times, that is a little tough to just give it away. And so Google has a, a new, it's relatively new campaign uh, called, uh, campaign type called Performance Max, which I, I think you're referring to. And so that's just search, display, Google discovery, YouTube ads all combined into one campaign. And it just, Google basically just goes across all the different channels and just finds wherever it can get conversions at. And in the past, you would have had to create five different campaigns, like one for YouTube, one campaign for YouTube, one for search, et cetera. But the automation's great. I, I do think it's moving in the right direction. And I've done a lot of testing to see, like in particular, expanded text ads versus responsive ads. And so responsive ads uses a lot of machine learning. It has 15 different headlines, four descriptions versus expanded, which is the old version. And usually the automation wins um, based on the studies I've done or case studies, I guess you could say. Okay, so help us just break down. The responsive ads are still a text ad. They're not like a retargeted image ad or something like that. It's a it's an ad that, that you're going to go into Google and help develop or set up, and then Google's going to deliver the different types of apps based on the performance. Yeah, yeah. So they're both text search-based ads. And so one, the responsive search ad is just basically you just upload all these different versions of your headlines and your descriptions, and the machine learning will just cycle through all of it. In the past, you would just give Google exactly the text you wanted to show, and then it would just show that exact text with no machine learning involved. And so that machine learning actually is super effective, but it, it is hard as the digital marketer to say, Google, I, I give you uh, all my control and, and I, I control other things behind the scenes, but it is tough to give that control up sometimes. And I'm, the value you're adding is you're helping the client to understand how to do that, and you're doing it for them, right? That's the value add in, in, this, in the whole equation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely, yeah. Yeah, so usually, uh, so like I'm pulling phrases off your website because uh, I want to make sure the ads line up with the content on your website so it's cohesive. Yeah, definitely from start to finish managing that for clients. What do you say to a client who doesn't necessarily want to spend a lot of money and they have this belief that they can grow their they can grow their organic traffic through SEO by 20 or 50% year over year? Is that possible anymore? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. Um, but it, it's just super uh, manual. If you're ready for, I don't know, the first six months, you, you just don't really see much. You start to see proxies for you. You're moving in the right direction. Like your impressions are increasing. Your your clicks are now increasing. You're not quite making money yet. If you're okay with that and then you have the patience to wait for that, you could definitely see nice returns every year. And making lots of content, yeah, like blog posting, like things like that. You got to do it. Yeah, so you see impressions, clicks, and then for SEO, you'd see the place where you're going to be on the page. You want to be above number 10 or something like that, or typically. What is the number on page one for an organic search? What is the desired number that you're yeah, looking I, I, for? The desired would be first page, but when you drop to second page, is that I, I know that in Google Search Console, they'll tell you you're going to be on page 65 or something like that. Mm -hmm. um, I, I, I'm assuming you want to be on page one for SEO. Oh, yeah, big time. Yeah, if you can slip into a first page, and then in particular on the first page, like the first three results get like 65% of all the traffic, right? So it's uh, it's a struggle to get into that top spot. Um, but if you optimize your pages the right way and write long-form content and 
keyword insertion in the right spots, you can get there. And then also backlink generation, which is, that's a whole world in itself. Yeah, I, I, we don't have time to go into backlink generation. But I'm interested in that because I've seen companies that, that do that. And I'm, I'm always intrigued by that way of doing it. But I, I think what I heard you say earlier is that you have to have some patience if you're going to do the organic approach. You probably have to wait six months and start seeing results after a year, as opposed to paid clicks where you could theoretically start seeing results within the week. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah, I would say uh, on paid, just give it like two weeks just for the data, just settle in. But you could definitely start to see results. Um, but it's just more expensive because like you have the agency, like for us, you would have an agency fee that you have to pay us. And then we manage your account. So it's really like two fees. With SEO, like for me and my team, we'll, we write blog posts. And, and so usually it's just a fee for us. And there is no like secondary fee of a platform they have to pay for. So it is cheaper. So when we're talking about conversions, if we just target, if we look at just Google and say Facebook, what do you look at for trying to get conversions for people? Yeah. So usually I'll, and I have two very different strategies for Facebook and Google. And so on the Facebook side, I always start with the full funnel, right? So I usually start with like top of funnel. I'll try to optimize for link clicks. So I just like to get a lot of traffic to your website, just tons of it. And, and the goal of that is just to get cookies on lots of computers, right? Everyone can make it to your website and you might get a couple purchases, but once they leave, they now have a cookie on their computer and we can continue the relationship through remarketing, right? And then through middle of funnel, I'll usually try to uh, split you out into some type of crossroads. Maybe I push you into a product page. Maybe I'll try to push you into a webinar or some other type of a legion magnet or something like that. And then at the very bottom of the funnel, then I, I go for the purchase. And by that point, we've developed quite the relationship, hopefully. You send at least three or four unique ads that speak to your specific location in the funnel. And, and then usually that bottom of the funnel has just an amazing, huge ROAS uh, that you can't beat. And so you're seeing that you would do. So to help us to understand the strategy you do for Google versus Facebook. Yeah. So for Facebook, that is the whole strategy, top, middle, bottom of funnel. And then for Google, um, I actually don't see very good results from our marketing off of Google. So usually what I'll do is, of course, I'll, I'll do a light brand campaign. And then for non-brand, I'll split that out into multiple types of campaigns. And then from there, I'll do a broad match to give the algorithm a lot of space to breathe and move. But then I'll narrow that broad match back down by doing by optimizing for conversions. So I'm basically telling Google, I, I don't care where the conversions come from as long as they give me the desired result of money or leads, high quality leads. You can search really, really broadly within the keywords I provided. When you're talking about impressions and clicks, you have in your organic, you'll have impressions, clicks, and of course you want to try to get at the higher page rank. If you have no, if you have high impressions and no clicks, organically, how do you get yourself up in there? Is it just strictly working on the, that keywords plus the keywords within the text you're writing on your blog post or th something like that? Yeah, good question. So, so you're getting lots of impressions, and so when someone sees you on Google, you're not enticing them on the search engine result page, and so that's basically your page title and your meta description. 
right? So basically like rewriting those because obviously something's not resonating with um, your target audience. So if you rewrite those and maybe you don't get it right on the first try, but just keep rewriting them. Maybe on the fourth try, you get it right. You have to wait for it to be re-indexed as well. So it's a long process, um, but that should boost your click-through rate. And if you're never, I guess the other part for the and natural SEO is that you have where you're ranking. If you're on page 65, does it even matter? <laughs> Do you, if you're getting, it, well, I, I should say, is it, does the impression mean that somebody's seen it? Yeah, yeah, usually, yeah, you got an impression. Okay. Nobody and clicked. Yeah, no one clicks, yeah. And usually you probably won't get very many clicks being that far down. But it does, I would say it definitely matters. It's a long-term game. Maybe at, when you're at position 65, at this point, maybe it, it doesn't have an effect on your website. But if you keep working at it and keep adding content and update your blog posts, then you get into position 25 and then 15, and then you get into the hot zone of 8, top 10, and uh, just keep working your way up. And do you say rewrite blog posts, update blog posts, or and add new content? Is that kind of the strategy? Yeah, if, if the content is like on the cusp, right? So like you're on the second page and it needs just a, a little something extra to make it into the, you know, the main part of the game, which is uh, page one, then definitely add a couple of paragraphs in there and, and just reassess if you can insert your keywords maybe in a different way or if you've inserted in enough keywords, but it still looks good to a human, like you didn't stuff it, then that, that could get you onto page one. Yeah, so I, I want to talk about that stuffing because there's a lot of tools out there that will tell you, hey, I have to have this many keywords in this post, and, and it'll tell you pretty soon you are like you feel like you're writing a post, and, and it's telling you that you need to have three of some phrase or something like that, and you're just trying to weave it in throughout the content. Is there is do you think Google at some point is going to figure out that it's being gamified because of the amount of keywords that some tool is telling you that you have to do, or is it just a is it readable if it's human readable and it sounds good and you got your keywords you're probably good to go. Yeah, so I think I think so Google's using like human like human barometer like metrics right. So if you go into one page. And then you bounce so you aren't enticed to go into your second or third page of that same website. Google takes that as a sign as that wasn't very relevant. So you're back into the, the search engine result page, right? So I think the combination of the human metrics with just stuffing in these keywords, obviously stuffing in the keywords is a bad human experience. And so I, I think Google, in a very indirect way, is still getting an understanding of the human side and like session duration and things like that. And then it, it basically is combining the two. So you can't really gamify it in a way. It's pretty smart. So you want to make sure that when they get to your page, they're sticking around for some amount of time and reading it, right? And then hopefully going to the next page within your site. Is that the goal? Exactly, yeah. Click on the next one. So I know that the, the bounce rate, I think that the, there's some different terminology for bounce rate too now in Google. The... When they so I, I just want to now clarify the differences between the paid version and and the natural SEO. You, in the paid version, you're paying enough to be in the top four, three or four, right? Yeah. You don't have to worry about that rank, but you can still still work on impressions and clicks. Yes, correct. Yeah, yeah, and you top one, two, or three, and then there's some ads sometimes at the bottom of the page, so you'll be anywhere on the top, and you just you shoot right up to the top if if you're paying enough in the auction. 
If somebody is seeing a, a good amount of traffic for, say, two weeks or something like that, like they, they put up an article and it seems to be getting a lot of traction and then it starts dying off, is there things that you should look at, it doesn't matter if it's paid or not paid, in the content of that landing page that you need to work on to make sure people are sticking? Is that if, if you're getting good, it clicks... You're getting a lot of, let's just say you're doing a paid ad, you're getting a lot of clicks, but not a lot of conversions, right? Or if it's natural, you're getting a lot of clicks, and then the, two weeks later, those clicks are going away. Is there things that you should start doing to ensure that you're still ranking high on those pages? Yeah, so since it's paid, your ranking will just automatically stay at whatever, if you keep paying the same amount, it'll definitely just keep staying at the first spot or second spot if you pay enough to just outbid everyone. But in terms of paid and you're not getting conversions, so I, I would say put most of your time and attention into the actual landing page. So just like doing tons of split testing. So I actually had a client, they're called uh, Skyline G. And so they're looking for leads. And so we use their website. We use their landing page, just a, a standard page that existed on their website. And so we, we just weren't quite getting the lead flow that we wanted. And so then we used a, a separate system, a landing page creator called Unbounce. So that just gives me more freedom as the digital marketer. I, I don't have to work with your webmaster. We don't have to go like back and forth. I, I don't have to worry about breaking other things on your website. I, I just have full control inside of Unbounce. So we started using Unbounce pages as our landing page. And so then that gave me the freedom to create numerous landing pages, do tons of testing. And so we actually found out that if we strip off the top nav, get rid of the footer so that there's just one path to the conversion, tons of CTAs, and, and actually not as much content. When we added a lot of content versus, uh, and when I say content, like words on the page, like images, etc., it basically came out to about the same. But the extra content takes time, right? It takes time to write it. It takes time to find the images that go into the landing page. But it gave us no increase. So we, we got basically the same result, just having a very to-the-point and very simple landing page. Yeah, that's interesting because I just was speaking to somebody asking about great one-page websites. And I, was, I, th I can't remember the name of the site now, but it was something like you could do you could have your own custom domain for 20 bucks a year or something like that mm -hmm. so i'm assuming it unbounce is, is similar to that do you have to use your do you have to pay for the domain the, the your own domain or can you use some of the free domain things that when you're doing the landing pages it, does it even matter at that point when you're trying to just get conversions yeah, I'm pretty sure it's been a couple of years since I used Unbounce, but i uh, pretty sure they, they give you a domain for free. But Unbounce, I, I think it was like $99 a month. So it's a little expensive. It's not, it's not too bad, but it's all like packaged together, essentially. Got it. Cool. So if somebody needed some technical tips and tricks boost a return, what would you tell them? Yeah, yeah. So I, I have an e-commerce client, and they're called Cocolero Classico. And so they're like a spirits brand. And so we, we launched the full funnel. So we started at top, middle, and bottom. And, and so we noticed pretty early on that top of funnel was just like outperforming um, middle and bottom, which is like really strange um, when that happens. And so we, so we let that run. And so I decided to do like a duplicate top of funnel campaign, but I was gonna put my faith into the algorithm, right? So I'm gonna let Facebook like really choose who the target audience is. And, and so I just targeted the United States, right? No additional targeting, just put the United States in there. 
gave Facebook lots of options to like cycle through to find the winner. And so we're getting like a 350% return on ad spend. I've seen it go as high as like a 450% return on e-commerce for this wine brand. And we're scaling the budget and it's just, it's holding super steady because it's targeting the whole United States. So there is, there's like a lot of, I'm trying to think of the right word. There's just a large audience. So that there isn't quite like the diminishing return. Uh, it's going to take a while for it to hit that point of diminishing return because it's targeting such a large base of people. Yeah, got it. Cool. Um, Brenton, we're rapidly running out of time here. If, if you had one good trick that you could tell somebody that they should do to start paid ads, what would you tell them for this year? Ooh, let's see. I would say if you're running lead generation and you're going you're gonna to run Google ads for lead generation, I would say assign a value to your leads. And then, and then when you optimize your campaign, assign a 100% return on uh, ad spend, right? Because you, you've now target ROAS essentially is more of an e-commerce thing, right? So money in, money out. Like uh, I spent this amount and this is the amount of revenue I got back. And I'm telling Google, now I want a 100% return on my ad spend, right? But leads inherently don't have a value unless you assign the value. So if you assign that value, um, and I've done this for a past client, we had a $250 cost per lead assigned, and they, they basically told me we wanted a, a $40 uh, cost per lead. So I had to drop it by $210. And so I assigned a $40 value because that's what they told me they wanted. Then I told Google I want a one-to-one -one return on my ad spend, and it, it essentially dropped down. It went from $250 to $40 cost per lead in two weeks. So that's just a little lead gen tip that I, I'll leave out there. Nice. Okay, cool. All right, I, I thought about one more thing because I've been doing, we, we did the free joke project, and I've been experimenting with some out-of-the-box things, off the, like things that are outside of the box for talk commerce for the website, right? And I, I've been posting some jokes, and, and the jokes are terrible. I don't know why, but... But I did a, I did something like the top ten jokes for e-commerce jokes for 2023, and I noticed that it was really trending well, and that it's actually on the first page of Google. <laughs> so, is there a way that people could take advantage of traffic or look at other ways of getting natural traffic that are going to rank high that get you traffic that then would lead to clicking around on the website? If I, I think commerce jokes are similar to talk commerce, and I'm not trying to sell anything, I'm just experimenting. But is there is there is that a good strategy for somebody that was is just trying to gain traffic by experimenting with what might work out there? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that's a like a fun way to uh, to generate some traffic. I it, it's hard to say uh, the intent behind the person, right? So they might just show up for the jokes and then, and then they leave. But in, in terms of like brand awareness, that is a good way to just get the brand out there. And then like for your like for what you're trying to achieve is probably more listeners for your podcast. So they might in your particular situation, they might develop like a sense of like understanding of who you are. And then it makes them more interested. in Oh, I like the personality behind this. I, I know personally when I listen to a couple of your episodes, I chuckled at some of your jokes and, and it made me feel as though like you're more down to earth and personable. So I think it could have some very secondary effects. Got it. Cool. All right, Brenton, as we close out the podcast, I give everybody a chance to do a shameless plug. What would you like to plug today? 
Yeah, so obviously we're a digital marketing agency and we're always looking to take on new clients. And, and so we're giving out a, a free uh, consultation, 15 minutes of your time. And if you have any questions about anything that you heard in this episode or want to know pricing or anything related to that, feel free to reach out and more than happy. And, and you'll speak to me personally. So yeah, that's my shameless plug. All right. And I'll make sure I'll get those uh, links on the show notes uh, for when the episode goes live. Brenton, I appreciate you being here today. It's been a pleasure speaking to you. You as well. Thanks for having me. Thank you for making it to the end of this episode of Talk Commerce. Please rate this episode wherever you download your podcasts. We are actively looking for people to participate in the free joke project. Go to talk-commerce.com and sign up for your free spot on the free joke project. If you are a business, I will do a 30-second elevator pitch in the spot to help promote your business. That's talk-commerce.com.